Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hey this is liz this is heather this week we are celebrating the first week of shark month with jaws and the top five stupid shark myths All right, hit that music. Hey everybody, I'm super excited because it is now September and we are officially starting our second theme month of Shark Month. Ah! <laughs> yep, I'm very excited. I would do the little um the little official shark theme, but I have no I'm tone deaf, so <laughs> it wouldn't work. That's okay, because uh we're gonna have it in, in just a, a few minutes. So we just want to talk to you guys first of all. Thank you guys for sticking around with us through our theme months. We did Bat Month back in April for your birthday, Heather, and it was so much fun. We had such a great time and we had such an amazing response to it that we're so excited to be able to bring Shark Month to you. Now, you know, obviously we don't have tons of money coming into the show, but it's, it's so much fun to be able to put these things together. And we would love for you to support our show so that we can continue to do fun things like this. So you can do that by going to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash nerdy bitches and becoming a rock star bitch or a basic bitch or not your basic bitch or whatever kind of level you want to join up at. We really appreciate the help. And it, it helps us tremendously, not only to be able to keep the lights on, but to be able to do fun things like this and bring more activities to you as we go. Yep. The reason that I wanted to do Shark Month, now I have been obsessed with sharks since I was a little girl. Like I was probably eight, nine, ten years old when I first really kind of came across sharks. I think my first exposure was a National Geographic shark special. And once that happened and once I saw that, I had to just see, read, do everything sharks. I went to the library and I got every book I could find. I went to Half Price Books and I bought, I still have the coffee table book that I bought at probably 10 years old with my own money that is a big giant shark coffee table book. It just has all sorts of information in it and I just couldn't get enough. And thankfully, right around that time is when Discovery Channel started Shark Week. So it's been 31 years of Shark Week. We just finished that up in July, and it's always fantastic. It's always my favorite week of the year. It's totally Super Bowl week for me. People come in and try to interrupt me while I'm watching my shark shows, and I'm like, get out. Like, <laughs> I don't care what you talk to me about through the rest of the year. Go away. I need my sharks. <laughs> and so I'm so, thank- I'm so thankful that Discovery does this, that they make a real conscious effort to learn about sharks, to learn about conservancy and why it's so important to our planet. 
And this month, we're not only going to cover some of our favorite and maybe some kind of what the fuck kind of movies for Shark Week. We're also going to be talking about that conservancy. We're going to be talking about how we can make the world a better place and how we can protect sharks. So it's it's not just going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining and informative as well. So Heather, tell me a little bit about your experience with sharks. Well, I don't really have any experience with sharks. <laughs> um, uh, I'll tell you, I it's good for bad for better or worse. My first experience with sharks was killer sharks with um, sea, from SeaWorld. Oh wow! And in I didn't quite understand that these cute little uh, sharks were called killer sharks or killer whales or whatever. But um, wait, orcas are still whales, aren't they? I thought they were sharks. They are whales. No, they're not sharks. They're whales. They're mammals. See, see how much I have learned from from SeaWorld. <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you my second story as a child. Okay, why, learning about sharks, the fucking Universal Lot Tour. <laughs> I was a pretty young child when on the side uh, when the when the tram or tour cart thingy pretends to stop and then Jaws comes out of the fucking water. <laughs> I screamed and I cried. And I cried, and I cried, and my parents have consistently reminded me about that all the time. That's awesome. <laughs> That's my story at Sharks. Yeah, it's funny, because here in at Houston, we don't have a sea world. We used to have a place in Galveston when I was a kid that was called Sea-O-Rama. And they don't, I don't remember if they really had sharks, but they had the dolphins. They had some other things you could go around and look at. It was, it was an aquarium kind of setup. It's not there anymore. But we do have restaurants here in Houston that are called the Aquarium. There's one in Kima, and there's one downtown Houston. Um, yeah, it's right that, next it is. To, I'm sorry, it is a chain. Uh, there's uh, there's there's one attached. You know, anything that's attached to the frittatas, right? So yeah, there's one yeah. at the Golden Nugget. Yeah, and, they're they're around. Yeah, but um, so it, it's a restaurant, but it does actually have very large aquariums built in it. And so it has different types of things. Now, the one in downtown Houston also has a shark experience where they actually have a train that you ride and it goes into like a shark tunnel. So there's sharks swimming above you, around you, all of this. And they shut you off and it's dark and you, ooh, ah, sharks. And then they ride you around. And then they start talking about some shark that got loose during a hurricane here in Houston. It's been sighted in Buffalo Bayou. And then they, like the Universal Tour, also have a giant shark that will pop out and try to scare the bejesus out of you. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so, so it's always entertaining, especially if you're with very small children. Now, my niece has been obsessed with sharks since she was an infant just because I was as well. So we took her on the thing and she's like, that's not a real shark. Like, I'm not scared of that. Whatever. Which I How love. old was she when she was on it? Because I was very young. <laughs> um, let's see. I think we took Maddie when she was probably four or five. Yeah, I was a little younger. But she's been watching Shark Week episodes with me since birth, basically. I think she was born in June and Shark Week was in July. So she, you know, she was laying there as a very little baby, like, ooh, pretty colors, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it's just been a part of who I am for a really long time. And like when I was a kid, I would like I would tell everyone I wanted to be a marine biologist. I really wanted to do that until I learned that that was like under the water. I'm not a big fan of under the water <laughs> for yeah. myself. So that kind of that kind of killed that that dream. But I've been a big shark advocate ever since. Um, 
where my idiot ex-husband was like, hey, I went to this boot maker the other day. You should go and get these heels. He makes them out of shark skin. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? Have you met me? Like, do you even know me? Like, I don't want a pair of shark skin shoes. That's awful. It's like, why don't you just have this bunny rabbit purse? That sounds great. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, for the, for this month, like I said, we're going to be covering some shark movies. And I'm going to tell you about those in just a second. We're also going to be partnering with a group called Shark Allies. And we're going to be doing some fundraising for them so that we can, again, bring a little bit of betterment into the world through you, you know, wonderful, awesome listeners. Can you be able to go to our website or our, uh, you'll be able to go to our Facebook page and make a donation if you wish to Shark Allies. Now, this group specifically works on banning shark finning in the U.S. So they're they're working on getting legislation passed and they're you know cuz this I'm going to talk more a little bit later on about what that entails but it's it's really just horrific what goes into the shark finning process but anyways um we're we're also looking hopefully to have um the executive director of this organization come on the show during this month and talk to us a little bit more about sharks tell us how we can get involved tell us you know the benefits of doing it how it not only saves this species but it also saves our planet in the process so we can talk about that a little bit later yeah yeah i hope that works out uh <laughs> i do too i'm really i'm really looking forward to it it bring a little bit you know a little bit more education in i'm a fan of that uh so what we're looking at doing this month, we're going to have um, – each week we're going to have a top five list that goes along with whatever we're talking about for the week. And I'm not going to tell you about what they are just yet. You'll find out at the top of each show. This uh, So week one, we're covering the first and greatest Jaws. Yeah. So we didn't really previously announce it, but everybody's seen Jaws. So – we should be good, uh, good to go on that movie. But the rest of them, you might need to start prepping for. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what they are. So first week is Jaws. This That's this week. Second week, we're going to cover Deep Blue Sea, the first one. Apparently, there's a second one that I didn't know actually came out, but there's just the first one. Uh, week three, we're going to cover The Meg with Jason Statham. And then week four, we're actually going to cover Sharknado. Now, are we going to talk about like all of the Sharknados? Because I don't know if I have time to watch four of them or five. I'm only going to watch one. Okay. Uh, we can talk about – we're going to talk about it as a why does this franchise exist, mm. uh, but we're only going to watch the first movie. So okay. the first is usually the best in any kind of series. So Good. That's where Good. we're going to go. Because I really wasn't, <laughs> really wasn't prepared for eight hours of Sharknado. <laughs> I, I don't think I can stomach eight hours of Sharknado, if I'm being honest with you. So I don't know that I can stomach two hours. I've never seen it before. So this will be yeah. the only one on my list that I have never seen before. It just doesn't seem so. like a binging show. No, not so. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it just gets into ridiculous piranha territory or something. But I just... We'll find out. I we'll find out. Yeah, we, we'll find out. So you guys can join along with us each week in, uh, in, in our what? So... So anyways, let's take a really quick break and have a promo from one of our friends, and then we are going to dive into our very first movie, Jaws. Hey everybody, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I, I Learned From, from movies. movies. And tonight, tonight, like every night, we bring you <laughs> questionable movies and pass the lessons that we've learned on to you, as well as we go over some great beer and funny third thing. Yes, we're excellent beer reviewers, and as BJCP certified beer judges, we sort of know what we're talking about in regards to that. The movies? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to hear us talk about uh, odd movies, and uh, is he talking about BJing? Woo! Uh, 
Uh, listen to us at eilfm.podbean.com. That's everything I learned from movies.podbean.com. Hey, honey, are you ready to pop that top? <sniffs> Woo! My top! Hey, Heather, so have you been listening to a lot of podcasts this week? I have because I'm getting paid for them. I know. I love it. I've listened to probably 12 to 20 hours of podcasting in the last week, and it's just insane that I'm racking up the coins on PodCoin while I'm doing it. It's given me an excuse to listen to them because I'm able to either gather my coins for charity or actually gather my coins for me. Yay. So you guys should check out PodCoin too. We really love it. It's increased our listenership. We are earning coins for doing so. It's available if you are Apple or Android. Super fun. And if you want to get 300 free coins, all you have to do is use our code, which is nerdy, N-E-R-D-Y. And you can get those free coins to get you started. All right. So keep on listening. Okay, so now we are going to dive in and talk a little bit about Jaws. Now, we're going to assume that all of you have seen it. This came, uh, The book came out in 1974 by Peter Benchley, and then the movie came out in 1975. Now, I do know that there are a lot of people who have not, in fact, seen Jaws, and for a long time, you were one of those people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just a little bit too young. Uh, when it first came out, and as were you, um, <laughs> we weren't born when it first. Yeah, came how old out. was it? How when? When you just told me the year, and it like nineteen seventy five. So it was before I was born. born so born. anyway, so my first experience with Jaws was actually Jaws three because at the time that came out on television, I was at the age where I was like watching and kind of retaining television, and so. All I knew was that it was just this cheesy. That was the underwater one, right? Where the ha- Jaws three was filmed at SeaWorld, bare like a SeaWorld kind of place, and or that that was the setting was in like a SeaWorld place. I had like um, Dennis Quaid in yeah, it. Yeah, I remember I a know, handsome the, dude in it. Uh, yeah. yeah, like and the mom from Seventh Heaven, I think, might have been in it. I'm not 100 percent sure if it was her or not. But yeah, that was my first Jaws movie as well, because it would have been around that same time. And and I didn't see it in the theater. What I remember is that it used to come on TV like Sunday afternoons on like the UHF yeah, yeah. channels, the movie channels and whatever. And I, I never understood what was wrong with the movie because it took me years to realize that it was a 3D movie. Like when it came out in the theater, it's a 3D movie. So you would have had glasses for that. But when they put it on TV... Nobody has 3D glasses at home in 1986. Like that's that just wasn't a thing. So you just watched it, and the, all the places that where it was supposed to pop out as 3D were just kind of grainy and weird. But it was all underwater stuff anyway, so it was already kind of grainy and weird. So yeah, but yeah, that that was my first, and I I love that movie. It's garbage. It is total fucking garbage. If you ever go back and watch it, but I, I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it, and I wasn't. I don't remember being scared of it at that age. And after that, I'm sure I went back and said, well, I should watch 
the other movies. And the first Jaw, I think, is scary. Or it was scary. It's not anymore because I've seen it so many times. But it was it was scary. You know, it was something that you didn't really yeah. didn't know what was coming. It's very suspenseful. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the alien versus aliens that we've talked about so much where a lot of times the suspense and the what's going to happen here is more powerful than when you see yeah, the shark yeah. for the first time. Well, I ended up watching um, Jaws for the first time just, I mean, what, in the last couple of years? Uh, yeah, was when like two Matt years Nahiro's ago, wasn't it? hosted an event at the Alamo Draft House. And so I had to admit I hadn't seen it. And my husband, who's dressed as Hooper, he's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I guess I'm going to see it tonight. <laughs> yeah, we, we went had, and watched they it had, together. Uh, so. candies, Swedish fish candies. And all kinds of fun stuff. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Remember they had the yes. poppers too. For, yeah. For the end. And we had the little the shark gunshot. head. Yeah, we had those poppers. Uh, dresses thing. Head hats. Shark head yeah. hats. Oh, yeah. It was. I think we ended up giving him to some kids or something. Yeah. It was a lot of fun though. And that was the first time I'd saw it. Now I knew a little bit about it. Um, because, you know, you're not married to somebody that's host of a movie podcast without hearing all of the nuance to Jaws. And a lot of the problems... Well, first of all, Spielberg was amazing, but a lot of the suspense was because their shark actually was not working. Um, yeah, Bruce Bruce the shark was broken for most of production. Exactly. So that's when they came up with the barrels technique mm-hmm. and uh, things like that to give you a visual understanding of how big the goddamn yep. shark was without actually having to see it. And, you know, we're going to need a bigger boat. You didn't see the shark, you know. Yeah, it's it's funny because you don't really think about the fact that you don't see the shark. I, I actually paused my movie when I was watching it. You do not even get a glimpse of a shark until an hour and two minutes in to the mm-hmm. movie. That sounds That's right. a really long time in. That's over halfway through the movie to not have even seen a glimpse of it. And then you do not see the shark actually come out of the water until an hour and 20 minutes in. So that that's huge for these movies. Again, it's just like Alien, where they didn't show shit until like the very, very end, or there was little bitty bits and pieces here and there. But it was always more the lurking and the suspense and the what could happen and the music. You know, uh, John Williams did the music for this music. And obviously, he has done the music for most of the Spielberg films and almost damn near every iconic film that you can yeah. name. He probably did the music for. It's, it, and you just you cannot hear that music and not have some little bit of, of a little bit of tingle. Yeah. Right. It's a little. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a great show. Uh I do like it. I like Bruce the shark. And I do. I find him a little lovable when you kind of see him like finally show his little head and stick his teeth out. You're like, oh, there you are. I know. He's like, oh, you're so cute. So there's a lot of there's a lot of shots in that movie that I think were probably like stock footage film from like Jacques Cousteau or whatever (laughs) back in the 70s of just like a great white shark swimming away or, you know, things like that. So. There was some actual film, you know, shark film things happening, but for the most part, yeah. not. What I like about Bruce, <laughs> I'm glad you told me his name because now I'm just going to use it. Uh-huh. Like, like I knew the whole time. Yeah, me and Bruce have been friends uh-huh. for way it's back. Bruce, yeah. Um, what I like about him is how he kind of plays with his prey like a cat with a mouse, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like every time I watch it, I see that a little bit more. Like, he's just like, man, he's just fucking with you. 
He is. He's like, let me come near your boat. Oh, not that close. <laughs> and yeah, I love that. So um, the reason that I know about the Bruce the Shark, I mean, I'd heard about this in like the mythos of the Jaws universe. But uh, if you ever watch Finding Nemo, remember they have the the sharks there yeah. that are like chasing Marlin and Dory. And then they like go to a fish our friends, not food kind of seminar, like an AA meeting for sharks who don't want to be eating fish. Uh, and his name is Bruce. So that was kind of a nod to, oh, uh, I didn't realize to the shark that. from Jaws. But I do remember that. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're trying to. Hello, Bruce. Yeah. That was a cute <laughs> little, that was a cute little part of the show. So. All right. So um, I have to mention something okay. here because when we're talking about casting on this, everybody always talks about Roy Scheider and we talk about Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfuss because they're all insane in their own way and great in this movie. One one character that I really have to bring up here is um, Mayor Larry Vaughn. Mm-hmm. So this guy is played by Murray Hamilton, and he plays Big Daddy Hollingsworth on the Golden Girls. So oh. that's fun. <laughs> Actually, he plays the first Big Daddy. I think they had two different actors that played him. But uh, I was like, God, he looks so familiar. And I couldn't remember where I'd seen him. And then I looked him up and I was like, oh, he's Big Daddy. He's Blanche's dad. Ah, so well, He is a fucking douchebag, though, in this movie. Yeah. But he is such a pol- he is such a politician. It's ridiculous. Yes, you know. And even if I heard rumors that they caught the shark, I don't know if I'd be all like, "Still, it's Fourth of July. Thank God, <laughs> let's go back. Get, get in the water." I'm like, mm. "No, I'm good." <laughs> you know what I found kind of funny? If you have shot present day, um, a beach scene, you know, same area. Mm-hmm. Yep. There would be nobody that was unattractive. And <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um, and that's just that's just the nature of the beast, right? There uh-huh. was not a person I found attractive on the Jaws beach. No, I tell you, I'll tell you what, the beach there in Amity, which is actually filmed at Martha's Vineyard, there was yeah, it was a really unattractive time in 75 in Amity. Um and I noticed that the mother whose little son had died. She was a great she was a great actress, but she was like 300 years older than him. And I'm like 70. If that is not an advertisement for sunscreen, I don't know what is. Yes. <laughs> she was so old. <laughs> okay, I had a couple of points on this. First, there's a family that he like coerces to getting into the water on the 4th of July, and it's and it's like a mom and a dad and three little kids. But they look at least grandparent age. So maybe it was grandkids, but they don't really look like it. It's just these three dumpy kids and these three, two dumpy adults. And they're just like, I was like, wow. Yeah, you're right. I I mean, even if you look at something that's much more recent, like the Meg, they have a beach scene in the Meg that we'll talk about in a couple of weeks. And everybody in that beach is attractive, except the one little fat kid. But, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, you're right. That, That was a big thing. Maybe it's because, like, present day, everybody has been shamed to not being at the beach unless you have the, quote, beach body. Yeah, I don't know. So It's like... It's because I'm not going to the fucking beach. That's for fucking sure. Yeah. I go very rarely, and when so, I am completely covered, practically. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't go to the beach if so, I can avoid it, and I live 20 minutes from the beach. I mean... Yeah, I have it. Well, okay. If I didn't, like, burst into flames <laughs> upon seeing the uh-huh. sun... I'd probably be fine. And, you know, I I guess me and my mom have gone uh, swimming in the past mm-hmm. couple years in the beach. But I, I, 
it's not a place where I would go and let anybody with cameras. No, around. no. I mean, you and I fall into that pasty category. So sometimes going out, I don't know if yeah. you've ever seen it. There's a meme where this girl's like, I don't want to take my shirt off. And they're like, it's fine. She's like, I'm really pale. They're like, it's fine. She pulls off the shirt and then she, they're like, She's like, am I too pale? She's like glowing. And they're like, the beacons of Lent, the beacons of Gondor. <laughs> like, yep, that's pretty yep, much what happened. So it's completely how I feel too when I'm there. I'm like, this, these parts of my bodies have never seen the sun and they have to have like SPF 100 reapplied every 30 minutes. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, there really were there. This movie was not about pretty people. Yeah, but, you know, maybe it's the old adage, if you're rich, who cares? Yeah, I'm sure all those <laughs> people were rich. If they have these little New New uh, New England town on a beach mm-hmm. town, they probably have some money, yeah, right? Yeah, so, okay, this this movie starts out, and they're on, you know, they're on the vineyard, they're on the beach here, and, of course, we have, you know, kids making out before they get killed, because that seems to happen at the beginning of any kind of horror-type movie. If you're oh, yeah. making out, you're probably not going to make it out alive. I also have to say that open mouth French kiss, French kissing on screen is gross because at the very beginning yeah. they have this beach party and they're just like, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, God, put it away. I don't want to see your tongues. Like, it's just, it doesn't look good from a, this no, angle. No, it's really like, unattractive. It was really like, oh, God, that's not pretty. That's why most of the time when you see like romantic kissing, it's closed mouth. You know, even the girl, Chrissy, that gets killed in the beginning of Jaws. <laughs> She's not even attractive. Like she's like very freckled, like just like just very plain Jane. I mean, not she was unattractive, but she just wasn't like what you would have thought about seeing at, at that kind of time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was kind of a teen. I feel like it was more appropriate. It was more accurate representation of people than you see now. So maybe that's good. Right. But you know. Um. Yeah, she just took her top off. That was probably how she got the job. No, I'm just kidding. She ran Chris. the whole length of that beach, and she is dropping clothes as she's running. I'm like, bitch, you're going to have to go back and pick up all those clothes later with sand and all sorts of uncomfortable places. Like, why not just get to the water strip mm-hmm. and then run in? Like, it didn't make any sense to me that she's literally just flinging clothes right and left. She clearly knew she wasn't coming back alive. Yeah. She was an athlete, though. Because she was. I would be just like I'd be the drunk guy behind her. Going, Hold on, hold on. I can't do this anymore. He just like falls <laughs> down in the water. He's like, I can't even get my shirt off, and you freaking running a marathon and half naked. And I like that he comes to, and his first thought is, she must have drowned because she's clearly not here anymore. <laughs> and you're like, why? Why is that your first go? I guess maybe because the clothes are still strewn about. I don't know. I guess, but I would think, yeah, maybe she got irritated that she wanted to go skinny dipping with me and I passed out. Right, on the I would have gone home. I'd been like, fuck off. Take yeah, my swim, get like, back, go that, home. That's a loser. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so so how did the sheriff okay, I'm just gonna change job. How did he get a job in a beach town without knowing how to swim or being deathly afraid of the water? So Matt Hooper asks him that uh, later in the movie. He says, you know, he said something about, I don't remember what we were talking about exactly, but he said, why does a guy who hates the water live on an island? And he says, it's only an island if you look at it from the water. That's really not a convincing answer like, for uh, why it, it took that job. Yeah. Pretty it's still, like, oh, pretty still much awesome an island. Job. Yeah. It's just surrounded by everything I'm deathly afraid of. And I'm going to be a cop. So I'm supposed to be the bravest person out there. But, you know. As long as it's not near the water, I'm fine. 
The thing I like about Chief Brody in this movie is that he, yes, he does not like the water. He's not he's not interested in being in the water, being on the boats or whatever. But as soon as they find this girl, and, you know, he gets the word back from the medical ed examiner that this is a shark attack, and he waits for that, though it's probably pretty obvious, being as she's been cut in half, for the love of God, uh, He, you know, he waits till that and he is immediately on it. He's like, we're going to close the beach, go to the hardware store, pick up some paint and all of this stuff. He is ready to close them. He is public safety first. Now, the medical examiner comes back after, after the mayor and probably the city council. I don't know what all these fat white guys in a car were doing. Uh, It was like a realtor's car. I don't know what they were doing. I assume it's the city council. So they come up and they're like, no, 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 you can't just say shark because we make all of our money during the summer months on this island. And, you know, the only people who really matter are the tourists, even though tourists be damned because you're not an islander unless you were born here. So the the medical examiner's like, it, it could have been a boat. It could have been a boat. And the guy's like, no, 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 think about it. Summer girl. I like that they call her a summer girl. So she's clearly not one of them. So who cares? Goes swimming. She gets tired. She gets hit by a boat. It's happened before. Like, really? It's happened before? This is, and this isn't a concern that you have people just driving boats over people and it's still not a concern. Either way, it's a problem because tourist, uh, tourism clearly trumps public safety in these people's minds all the way through. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be so uh, concerned. If I were going to a beach and they said, you know what, you might not want to get in the water because there's sharks out and a shark has attacked somebody. I'd be like, you know what, I'm good here on the beach. You know what, I buy just as much sunscreen and lotion and popsicles. It's sitting on the beach. Actually, I'd probably buy more of them if I'm not in the water. So, Yeah, I'll probably have to go to the bathroom a lot Mm -hmm. more because (laughs) I'm not in the water. Mental note, don't swim near Heather. (laughs) If it's the ocean. Uh, ocean. Fish pee in you You all the time. Fish pee, yeah, all the time. That's what Moana told the ocean. She's like, fish fish pee in you all day. Anyway, so we finally get around to, we're on the beach. It's not the 4th of July yet. Everybody's playing. He's, He's been told he's too uptight. You're scared. You're too uptight. Just chill out. It's fine. Everybody gets in the water. It's fine. It's clearly not a shark. And then a shark attacks this little kid in front of everyone. Everybody sees it. There's blood everywhere. There's a half, you know, half afloat. The kid never comes back. And his 75-year-old mother is just completely distraught. Now, my question is, I want to know how many stores there are on Amity that just sell widowware. <laughs> Because within 20 minutes, she shows back up in a full black, like, suit, like a wool suit. She's got, like, a pillbox hat that's got that birdcage veil over it. Because apparently she went to Widow Ladies R Us and found this costume to wear so that she could go down on the beach and slap Sheriff Brody. Yeah. Who wanted to close the beach? I feel bad for him. He wanted yeah, to close it. But she she didn't know that. But I think it added a nice impact. It did, Just be yes. like, look, I got all dressed up in my morning black just to come down here to smack you. Yeah, she'd shown up so in her bathing go. suit and a cover-up. He probably wouldn't have taken her that seriously. But, uh, but yeah, there's some elderly people having children on Amity Island. Yeah, it must be, it must be grandparents of kids. But they did 
keep saying children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that was definitely yeah. her kid. Uh, but oh yeah, they kept saying that, yeah. and I kept going, "You need to wear some sunscreen, lady," because. You know, her body actually wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like, you know, it wasn't like a 70-year-old body, but her face. It ooh, was old, yes. Yeah. It was very, very old. And I know, I'm not trying to, like, body shame you, lady. I'm just <laughs> saying that maybe they cast somebody that was a little bit too old to be, uh, have just, in the last few years, had a She child. must have really nailed that morning bit in her audition, because clearly they didn't even go with anybody else. That slap was awesome. That was great. She did a great job. And I knew it was going to happen and still like, oh, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> so about this time after uh, Alex, little little Alex Kittner gets eaten on the beach, they have to have a, a town hall meeting or whatever to figure out what they're going to do. And I'm sorry, but the I don't know if it was the mayor's wife or some other guy's wife. She was so tan. She was a completely different color. Like she was like an off brown. I'm not even sure what was happening with this lady's tan. It was alarmingly dark. You could tell that her natural, her natural complexion was not that dark. Yeah, you don't like that color of um, the pit bulls, like the reddish kind of. Like, yeah, she's a little brindled looking. Yeah, yeah, that's so, a. <laughs> but I was like, but that's not your natural hue, lady. I, I know, can tell. It's definitely you're... like a marshmallow that's just a little bit too roasted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? She looks like a leather bag now. I bet you money. Yeah, she now, the sun is not kind. Now she's playing the mother to a, a six-year-old on the next episode, <laughs> next show of Jaws. Yeah, when the Meg came out, she was the she was the brand new mom to like quintuplets or some shit. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So at this town hall meeting, we get our first appearance of Quint, who is the shark hunter. Yes, he's, and we get him in this meeting. Like life, he is fingernails on a chalkboard. Yeah, all the way down. He's adorable, and he <laughs> he is. So I was reading up on the Benchleys. Uh, you know, Peter Benchley is the one who wrote this book in 1974. And apparently he met, he knew a guy like in Martha's Vineyard or Cape Cod or wherever it was that he was summering. And it was this kind of guy, except Quint is a little bit more of a nuanced character. Like he has some layers to him as to why he's crazy. This other guy was apparently just batshit crazy. Didn't like two way radios, kill every shark he could find just to bring like news awareness to sharks being evil, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I I think everybody knows a guy that could be this guy if they just had just a little bit of shark-related tragedy. You're like, (laughs) oh, yeah, that's the switch. Mm -hmm. I see it. That's exactly Uh what, you know, Uncle Bob would turn out to be if he got (laughs) – he had a shark issue. Yep, exactly. So uh, Quint has offered to kill the shark, but he's not going to do it for Mrs. Kittner's $3,000 bounty that she has placed on the shark's head. Because uh, apparently you can put a hit out on a shark and it's totally legal. Um, he, but he he'll find it for three thousand. But to kill it, he wants ten thousand and expenses. And they're like, mm, yeah, you just go on your business, crazy guy. Yeah. So then the next day is when Matt Hooper, which is played by Richard Dreyfus, shows up from the Oceanographic Institute to tell them about their shark problem. And their whole harbor is just jammed with these. Like, oh no, first I'm sorry. First, there's there's a rowboat full of idiots that goes out and decides that they're going to catch the shark from a dock with a with a pot roast, with a pot roast. Their wife's frozen pot roast. They throw it out. The shark comes and steals it. Not only does he take the roast, he runs off with the dock and drags poor Charlie into the water. 
They just like watching these drunk guys trying to get it. He's like, don't look back, just swim. And you're like, dear God, he deserves to get eaten. What is $3,000 in 19 or 2019? $3,000. No, I know. But <laughs> you mean be what like was it in 1975? Yeah. Let's find like, out. There Let's do because uh, there was quite a bit of inflation after we oh, yeah. uh, pulled away from the silver standard or gold standard or whatever the hell it was called. Okay, so um, I got, uh, here we go. Uh, $3,000 in 1975 is the equivalent in purchasing power to about $14,000 in 2018. Yeah, you know, it's still not worth it. I want to be going mm-hmm. and fighting with all of these drunk hooligans um, who are using explosives for $14,000. I don't know. They had a real big gas cri- like shortage and crisis right around that time. So maybe it was worth it. Maybe it wasn't. Well, you, you have, have to use gas, gas to run your, your boat. boat. Yeah, I don't know. So you're but, using uh, all so this they- gas trying to get the one in 300 chance of getting the $14,000. Yeah. So they have they have this shot of the harbor master coming out of his office. Uh, <laughs> he looks like Popeye. He's got the sailor hat. He's got like a corncob pipe. One eye is shut. <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> They're like, Steven Spielberg's like, you got to really play this. And if I don't see Popeye, you're I'm not. I'm going to make my yeah. own movie of it in 1983. Yeah. So- <laughs> and we're going to make Robin Williams Popeye. So. So they've got this harbor, and this is when Matt Hooper is coming in. But there are a million people, and they are all in teeny tiny boats. Like they are overloading boats. They've got one, like a one-person sailboat with six guys in it. Like all this crazy stuff because they're all going to go out and try to kill the sharks. And they're showing guys chumming. They've got dogs in the boat. They're throwing dynamite over. Like that's going to do anything right there in the harbor. I mean, it's just like absolute pandemonium. Yeah. And then they they come back in like an hour and they're like, we caught the shark. We caught the shark. So they caught like a 12 foot tiger shark, which a tiger shark could be a man eater. It's definitely not from that area. And um, so they're like, we did it. We got it. He's here. Blah, blah. And Hooper's like, hey, this this isn't the shark. His mouth's not big enough. Like you can just tell it's what, you know, and they're like, ah, no, we got it's fine. Beaches are back open. <laughs> yeah. We cut the shark open, and there's no body inside of it. There's a license plate from Louisiana, which is going to come up again in another movie. Well, it's that's not definitive proof. Maybe he had his upset stomach, and he yacked it up somewhere at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Sharks don't do that. Like, maybe somebody <laughs> had, like, too much Percocet in them, and he's like, ooh, this isn't good. <laughs> Something's wrong. It was the 70s, so it was probably oh, cocaine. Yeah. Except for it was a little boy, so... so. Uh, yeah. Well, you don't know. His mom was pretty yeah. old, so <laughs> his mom <laughs> could have been on cocaine as well. Who knows? I don't know. His, well, let's let's not lie. His mom, his his mom is really his sister, and <laughs> they said that she went away for school. <laughs> right. Yes. 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 She she went away <laughs> for the summer. And nine months came later, came back, and now they had a baby no one knew she was pregnant with. Yeah, exactly. But last summer, you should have thought about it. Last summer, she had to be pregnant like this. <laughs> she had to pretend. She had to pretend wearing pillows on it in the middle of the summer in Amity. <laughs> yeah, you're you're probably right on that. My my mother is my sister is my grandmother. So yes, yep. Yeah, we're all we all went to France. 
And we came back with an ad- additional child. And it's mine. Surprise. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're okay. like, God damn, it's fucking hot here. Wouldn't you think the whole family should just go away for that period? Like, we're just going to take a trip. We're going to move short term. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh la la, the baby is French and 25 years younger than I am. And my child, so. Okay, so so uh, Matt Hooper shows up at their house, and there's one scene that happens in Jaws, and it happens again in Jaws 4 with his son and his... I guess granddaughter. So there's the he's at the table with the little with the little boy Sean, and the, he's copying everything that his dad does. Right? He's doing the sweet little everything dad does. He's he's making the copycat face, and that was really just like a sweet little sentimental part. I thought that was cute too. You know what? That that takes a good director. I bet that wasn't in the script. Yeah, and like I said, in Jaws four, the revenge back in the Bahamas, it comes up again. With the son, uh, the remaining son, who is alive in that movie, and then um, his little girl at the time. So It would be super cute if the shark did it with the baby shark. (laughs) Baby shark. (laughs) I've been singing bitchy shark all week. (laughs) Okay. It's like that works for us. It all all rhymes. Okay, um... So, so I have a little PSA here that goes along with this, and it's don't drink and boat, friends. Oh, yeah. It did seem like an unusually high amount of people drinking and boating. And you saw all of the the uh, wine that Hooper mm, yeah. and the sheriff had at dinner. And then they're like, now let's go drive let's and cut open a shark. And they're boat. like, that seems like a We're great gonna idea. We're going to go out the boat and chase down the fish finder and see what we can find. But Brody is, one, he's afraid of boats, and two, he is drunk off his ass, and he is now drinking directly from the bottle on the boat. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, it's just a terrible idea. Just don't do it. And then he's up here drunk as a skunk, and Hooper decides he's going to put on his wetsuit and go diving to look at this derelict boat that they've just found that's this missing guy. Uh and and who's your backup? Your backup is a drunk guy who's afraid of the water. Is this a good idea? Like, it's just bad ideas I everywhere. Know. Like, I'm telling you, the alcohol issues were a greater danger to this town than the than sharks. Than the shark. Yes. So my other PSA is politicians are terrible for your health. <laughs> well, yeah, they shouldn't make decisions based on if tourists will come into the thing. It's like, um... Just put a sign up. You don't have to close the beaches. Just close the water. I don't think that that would have been the worst thing in the world, especially. But I did like the fact the safe little baby pond out there got a shark in it. And I was like, well, well, that's irony. <laughs> a great white shark. What that kind big? of fucking pond yeah, will fit a, boat, a great white like, shark? Oh, my it's God. Insane. He's in the pond. I'm like. I thought the idea was the pond was that nothing could access it. If if it accesses the ocean, it's not really a pond, is it? Uh-uh. <laughs> no, we just call it a little inlet. <laughs> really a ditch, if you will. I also loved th- things that would never fly in the movie today is the fact that there were ashtrays everywhere. Did you notice this? They have one on their bedside table. There's one on the front desk in the hospital in the emergency room. The mayor is smoking inside I know, I the can emergency. Smell Amity. <laughs> like when I'm watching that what? show, I'm like, 
Mm-hmm. This is not yeah. a good scent. <laughs> this is this yes, is salt, is true. salt water. And it palm smells oil. like palm oil yeah. and sadness. Yep, palm oil and sadness. So uh, this is when they have to now go hire Quint because, of course, the shark has come back on the 4th of July, has gone into the pond and has uh, killed a guy or at least ripped his leg off and has somehow buzzed, didn't bite, didn't touch, has buzzed the chief's son. And now he's in the hospital in shock because he saw a shark. Yes. So now it's really close to home because, you know, the mayor's like, my kids were on that beach, too. I'm like, yeah. Because you pushed him into it, dummy. Nobody wanted to go in the water. It's your fault. Nobody brings that up. He should have lost his re-election campaign. um, Like, right there. I know. You have been removed, sir. So, yeah, this this whole thing. But then the next step of, so let's go out on a boat with Quint and Hooper. (laughs) Like, is that really the next step? You're the sheriff. Maybe the sheriff needs to be... In the on the island, especially when he's afraid of water. We're going to pay this guy thirteen thousand dollars plus two hundred days, two hundred dollars a day in expenses, and we're going to go on the boat and do ninety percent of the work with him. What? That doesn't make sense. Who's getting paid? Exactly. Maybe that. Maybe they were. Maybe they were getting a cut, and they just cut the scene. I don't know. But Quint really has kind of an Ahab kind of feeling to him. Yes. This shark thing for him is very, very much a chasing a white whale. It's his life's yeah. mission to deal with this. And um, uh, yep. <laughs> Okay, I started writing down some of Quint's little weird sayings okay. as I was going along. What you got? Because um, the first one he says to him as they're getting on the boat, he or uh, before they get on the boat, when he's hiring him and they're drinking moonshine there while he's... Uh, boiling shark jaws. He says, "Here's to swimming with bow-legged women." What? Yeah, that's that's his. I don't uh, even get it. That's his toast. No, think about it. If you're swimming and the woman's bow-legged, what are you looking at? Uh, I know. I was okay. like, ew, gross. Yeah, what a gross, what a gross little man. Yeah, that was pretty gross. Um, yeah, no wonder why sharks always want to eat him, right? He'd get. He deserves to get eaten. So, but, there is you know a, what, maybe that's there, actually the side plot. Is that all of these people deserve to be eaten? And maybe if we took listen to the shark story, we'd agree. You know that actually goes with one of my top five lists for this month. So. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> so well, I'll be happy to listen to that, and we'll have that discussion then. All right. So once they hire Quint, you know they get all set up and they're going out on the boat, and there's this really just iconic shot. And it's the shot of the boat pulling out of the harbor, but you see it through the jaws of the shark, like through Quint's window. And it's just such a cool way that the boat is just framed inside yeah. the mouth of the shark. Like it's very yeah, foreshadowing. Steven Spielberg has a great job, uh, does a great job. There's a lot of nice uh, visuals. There's the, when Quint is sitting at the edge of the boat on the, you know, the spot where, you know, Kate and Leo did their I'm flying thing. I forgot what it's called. Mm-hmm. Sorry, fisherman. And uh, uh, <laughs> just that scene where you can see that he's patient and excited at the same time, but nervous as well. Like, mm-hmm. it, but man, the, yep. the scene was so iconic. Sun was about to set. You could see the horizon, and you could see the horizon sway a little bit. I mean, Steven Spielberg does know how to frame a shot. Yes, he does. So, so we finally get on to. Uh, they're out on the water. We're an hour and 21 minutes in, and we finally, uh, we've got Brody is uh, chumming. He's chucking chum out in the water and grumbling under his breath with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And Bruce's head pops right out. 
hello. But it's not really menacing. It just kind of pops out and stares at him. Like, yeah. Hello. It's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so then he kind of backs away. You like away. that piano wire you tried to catch me with? That was cute. <laughs> I know. He's like, that's precious. Let's try this again. <laughs> so this is when we get the, the iconic line of, you're going to need a bigger boat. So. Yep. And oh. they uh, they estimate that the, the shark is 25 feet long and three tons. Which would yeah, pretty it, much be larger than any great white shark on current record. So, well, I mean, it was supposed to be a crazy big uh, shark, right? But uh, how big do you think that boat was? Thirty? Maybe. I don't know. It might have been smaller than Bruce. It was probably about the same size. That's usually how a lot of fishermen can tell how large sharks are, is in comparison to the size of their own boat. And uh-huh. that one was pretty much the full length of the boat. Maybe not the full pulpit on the front, but definitely the re- the body of the ball, the whole. Yeah. I like it that he was like, you know, hey, just one of you want to hop in and swim? I'm cool. <laughs> I know, no so, yeah, so they start shooting him with these barrels because that's the only way, one, that we're going to know there's a shark because Bruce still isn't working consistently. Um, you know, it's like a bad actor's guild thing. You just can't get consistent work. And uh, <laughs> so they shoot him with these barrels that are supposed to keep him, you know, from being able to go down deep. And uh, Hooper's got all this other gear on there. And at one point, they shoot him with some sort of electronic pulse thing uh, that's supposed to overload his senses. Because sharks actually have, if you look at the snouts, they have a a large network of pores that are filled with this like jelly-like substance. They're called the ampullae of Lorenzini. And it's like a sixth sense for the sharks. So that's why when you bump them on the nose, they'll go away because you're like overloading their electrical circuits. Yeah, I'll let you test that one out. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's that's real. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, see, there's a couple of times in the in the next day we're not there yet, but he like shocks him with the thing, and you hear him like roar like a lion, and the, that doesn't happen. Uh, sharks oh, don't have. That's a, I'm really disappointed that sharks don't roar now. I'm like, sharks, damn it, sharks don't have any vocal cords. So. Like, ah, like, yeah, that, that's what I wanted to hear. You like that, huh? You little son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> destroying dreams boom boom so okay so uh then we get they they start telling some shark tales down below at night they're drinking which again we're on a mission we've got a shark that's trying to bait us and we're gonna get drunk this is the yeah from what i can tell in the 60s and 70s like drinking was your prep work before you went and did your actual job and to me like that doesn't seem like the greatest idea you know but we started whatever. doing random drug testing. That's why. So we, too many on-the-job fatalities, I guess. You know, and when you're sh- when you're hunting sharks, it's it's a higher pros- pro- higher probability than most jobs. I'm pretty sure that you yeah. could at least lose an arm. I don't know. I don't know what the um, the union rules are. What the you know what the, what they say. What their official yeah. policy is on it. But I'm going to say it's a bad idea. I'm going to go with drinking is bad at work, especially when you're the shark, shark hunting. hunting union 101. Uh, <laughs> the shark hunters guild so. uh but so they go back and forth they start comparing scars right so i got this one from a, a beer bottle i got this one from a thresher shark this one's from a moray eel and then he starts looking at one on quint's arm and he's like well what's that on your forearm he said well that is uh i had a tattoo removed he's like let me guess mother <laughs> and he's like no that is the uss indianapolis And then if you're not familiar with the story of the Indianapolis or you've never seen Jaws, this is an actual uh, World War II vessel that was delivering the bomb to Hiroshima 
and was uh, was shot down by the Japanese. It was sunk by the Japanese. So it sunk in like 12 minutes flat. So like 1,100 men went into the water. Um, and he goes through and tells the story about how 1,100 men go into the water and the shark eat like 900 of them. So it is a true event. This is something that actually happened. And these men were in the water for like, I don't know, seven or eight days, like a really, really long time. Uh, and the numbers are right, or they're right-ish in the movie, but the portrayal is not not exactly accurate. So true story, but with a lot of license taken to it. So that was kind of a an interesting part. But that's when he start that's when you really dig into why Quint does not want to uh, why he fights sharks or why he, you know, why he catches sharks is because so many of these people were killed by sharks. Probably more accurately, they died from their injuries and then the sharks ate them is probably more accurate, though obviously sharks did still attack, but they had plenty of plenty of bodies to eat <laughs> otherwise. Um, but this is when we start to realize like why his character is as crazy as he is. And he's like, I'll never put on a life jacket again, but he starts talking about sharks specifically. And he's talking about their lifeless eyes, dead eyes, like a doll's eyes. Talk about how they, you know, and then they roll back in their head white and all this stuff. And so it just gets really, really creepy. And then they start singing this jaunty little sea, this little sea song, which I'm going to enter right here. Show me the way to go home I'm tired and I want to go to bed I had a little drink about an hour ago And it's gotten right to my head Wherever I may roam By land or sea or is it a sea song? So, huh? is it a sea song or is it just like an Irish song? I don't song? know. I don't know what it it's is. Depressing. We're going to call I it a sea. It was just an We're going to call it a sea shanty at this point. I don't know what okay. it is. But they anyway, they they're getting into it cuz now they're drunk and now they're doing drinking songs. And this is when the shark starts attacking the boat. He's like, because apparently these boats are made of cardboard. Yeah, and he's a very harsh critic. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, sing in tune, motherfuckers. He's like, listen, bastards, I have been sitting outside waiting to attack your dumbasses until you were drunk enough to fall off the boat like normal humans. And now you're going to sing this bullshit song. So fuck you. So basically, the shark just starts ramming the boat as I guess they're wont yeah. to do in shark movies, but not in actual life ever. Uh, so now the boat is taking on water. Like severely, yeah. how the boat is still above ground or above water over the next morning, I have no idea because it is like waist deep down in the in the cabin. I have no idea how they're still above. Yeah, I I agree. It didn't make any sense. He probably had to swat it with his tail, though. He wouldn't have just like rammed it with his head. He did. He rammed it with his head. Um, because sharks do that. They ram things with their super, super sensitive snouts. No, they don't. But anyway, so in this movie, apparently they do. In a lot of movies, apparently they do. It's a theme okay. I've seen. Um, so the next, the next day is when Jaws shows back up. Bruce shows back up and decides he's going to play with them a little bit more. So they're chasing him around and he's chasing them around and they shoot more barrels into him. They shoot one into his chin 
Uh, and then uh, <laughs> Brody decides he's tired of this. And this boat is too small. It's falling apart. They are, in fact, sinking. So he goes to call the Coast Guard. And Quint, like a crazy motherfucker, comes in and beats the radio to death with a club. And then just walks away going, excuse me, chief, like a psycho. <laughs> I know. Like, at that point, I was like, Quint and the, and the shark were in it together. Like, they, <laughs> they were in their boots. <laughs> It's like, all right, you guys need to realize this is the this is between these two guys. They are now having a dick measuring contest. And you just need to like get on the dinghy and go back home and let these two idiots kill each other because woof. Yep. So uh, Hooper decides he's going to go down to the shark cage and try to stick some poison in the shark's mouth and kill it, which of course his shark cage is immediately attacked by a shark and destroyed. Okay. So then, uh, I guess they're trying to get the cage back up to see if Hooper's still in it, which he is not, so they think he's been eaten. And then uh, the shark just jumps up on the back of the boat, like just fully belly flops up onto the back yeah. end of the boat. I, I don't know what it thought it was going to do, but apparently it worked because he ate Quint. Quint really pissed him off. <laughs> he really did. He's like, listen. I, you know, they say sharks don't attack on land, but you know what? For you, I'm going to make an exception because you're an asshole. So he jumps up on there, tips the boat. Quint gets just literally chomp, chomp, chomped. <laughs> He's like, Wah! chomp, chomp, chomp. And then uh, Brody hits the shark with one of these air tanks, and then he uh, throws it in his mouth. And then the shark, for some reason, swims around with it still in his mouth. Like, yeah, he doesn't spit it out or anything. He must have really got no. stuck in his gum like, like a piece it, of popcorn It's like or it, it's in his cheek. Yeah, like he's just holding it like a bit of tobacco or something. I don't even know. He's like, this makes me look cool, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I know. He's like, I look cool. It might blow up. Who knows? Looking cute. Might be, get exploded. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> might get exploded later. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> IDK. <laughs> but now the boat is full because now the shark has swum through the window of the sinking boat i don't know why i just decided it needed to get in there and get further so now he's got a a a, you know uh, air tank shoved in his cheek because sharks have cheeks and uh, now brody is climbing up the sinking boat into the crow's nest because that's the highest point now he's just up in the tippy top but it's now on the water. He's like two inches yeah. from the water. And then we get the normal or the uh, famous smile, you son of a boom. Yep. Because this is when he shoots the tank in the shark's mouth and <laughs> blows it up. Yep. I know. It just really cropped that. And then Cooper returns like, and they're fine. The yep. end. You know what else? Yeah, he went home. Everybody's happy. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it was just like, and we're done. <laughs> You don't need to see it. All of the beachgoers are they not just, very We don't even see them make so it home. They just, just kick him right back now. home on barrels. So the end. <laughs> They're like literally these. Uh, we're we are swimming through chunks of shark, and that's more attractive than what you'll see on the beach. So <laughs> and uh, scene. All right. So uh, again, this this is a movie that when it came out. It was it was really a big deal. Like there really were not any shark movies. There really wasn't a lot of shark terror stuff because it really wasn't that many years earlier that humans started kind of swimming in the ocean recreationally. 
you know, before that. But is that true? They mentioned that on the movie, and I was like, really? Everybody before then, everybody's like, oh no, ocean. I'm well, not going to swim about in that. It. If your bathing suit went to your ankles and was 17 pounds of fabric, you'd drown three feet from shore. So I don't think it really was that big a deal. And and it was mostly seafaring people who were out on the water at that point. So you know, you might lose people to sharks like that, but who's reporting it? So it wasn't really until like 1916, I think, that we got our first real shark attack kind of statistics starting to come out. Yeah. So, you know, it it just really wasn't a big thing. Like people weren't scared of them. They didn't know that much about them and they didn't come across them as often. But once this book was written and, and when Peter Benchley wrote it, he just, he had been fascinated by this story of the shark attacks from like 1916 or something. And so he just wanted to write, a horror story. And he just said, oh, well, I'll just, it's like a monster story. I'll just make it about sharks. That's cool. No big deal. And then they make the movie. And apparently, I have not read the book, which might be very shocking. I think I tried to start it as a kid, but never really got into it. So I just, I, but I just haven't picked it up. Maybe I will. Um, apparently, the book is not as anti-shark as the movie is. And that it was really more Steven Spielberg, who was this like anti-shark propagandist kind of thing. And made it like, oh, my God, sharks are everywhere. We're all going to die. Don't get in the water. You'll die. So there were some actual real-life devastating outcomes from Jaws. So the type of shark contest that they were having in the movie is basically what happened after the movie came out. People went out and started to hunt sharks out of fear and out of sport. There would be competitions. And they were just culling sharks like crazy. And unfortunately, this trend has continued, and we've also started catching sharks and stuff for shit like shark fin soup and whatever. And I think years later, Peter and Wendy Benchley uh, kind of learned about how devastated the shark populations were after this and kind of inspired by this. And they ended up becoming like lifelong shark conservation advocates after that. So I thought that was really cool. Like, I think they have a foundation for shark research and and conservancy. So I think that was kind of a cool outcome from a bad outcome that came from his show. So So anyways, let's take another quick break, and then we're going to come back and do our top five list, and then we will move on to telling you a little bit more about next week. Hey, do you like movies? Hey, do you like podcasts? If you do, then come on down and listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast, homie. Hustle, hustle. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Well, every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I pick a bunch of movies at random. Sometimes there's a theme to it, sometimes not. PJ picks the movie out, and guess what? We watch it on Friday. We talk about it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever we feel like doing. Might give you something good to watch, baby. Come on down every Friday. So come get your hustle on with Home Video Hustle. You can find the show on any podcatcher app, or you can come down to homevideohustle.poppin.com. All of them in one place for you. So you can go ahead and binge it like it's Netflix. We ain't the defenders. Uh, but I like to think he's a little bit better than that. <laughs> come out at your boys, man. Come chill with us. Peace. Peace. Okay, we're back. And now we are going to talk about um, our top five list for the week. All right. And this week, we are going to go over top five stupid shark myths and their factual uh, realities. So myth number one, all sharks are voracious killing machines that will attack anything in sight, including humans. True or false? 
I'd say it's false because I used to have a little um, aquarium shark that was just adorable. Yes, absolutely. So the facts are, while some shark species, like like humans, are more aggressive than others, uh, most hunt only to find food, and humans are not on the menu. They don't actually know what we taste like. We are not what they want to eat. We don't actually have enough fat on us to uh, to attract them. So most shark attacks or shark accidents are actually uh, either inquisitive or provoked attacks by stupid-ass humans who are doing things that they shouldn't. So, Like trying to feed them or poke them. I know that they said, like, um, that, you know, you're often just mistaken for an animal or mm-hmm. for something when you get attacked by a shark. And so they say to avoid it that you should shuffle your feet when you go into the ocean. And then... You know, which makes it like aware that, oh, hey, that's something with two legs. I probably shouldn't have bothered that. <laughs> and then, um, but then I hear, hey, don't shuffle your feet when you go in the water because then you'll get get by a stingray. I'm like, well, son of a bitch, somebody tell me how to. Actually, no, no, that's that's how you avoid getting hit by a but stingray. But I thought that's how you stepped because on them. The, no, no, because if you're stepping, if you're walking, that's how you step on them because they're buried in the sand. So if you're shuffling, you'll scoot them out of the way. Now, you might still get a graze, but not going to get a full, you know, Steve Irwin killing tail swipe out of yeah, it. Yeah, I just don't like being attacked when I'm trying to swim. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. That's why I choose the pool. Rarely get attacked by a shark in a swimming Rarely. pool. Rarely. So. No, but the wave machine, man, <laughs> it can get vicious. Dude, God, that wave machine will kill you faster than anything in the world. Okay, myth number two. Sharks can smell a single drop of human blood from miles away. True or false? I think I've heard that. I think it's true. Well, they probably can um, actually smell it. It's unlikely that a single drop of human blood is going to cause an attack. Sharks don't know what we are, and we're usually not their prey, so they probably wouldn't even notice or even investigate unless you're really splashing around like an injured fish. Because then you're acting like prey. And remember I talked about all of those little uh, little pores in their nose, that ampullae of Lorenzini? It, it detects electrical impulses. So if you're flashing around like that, that's what's going to draw them in, not so much the blood. Now, if it's fish blood, they will absolutely come in and check on that. So, Because fish, they know what fish tastes like. Fish, seals, that kind of shit. So our blood smells so much different than fish blood? <laughs> Apparently. I just watched a whole thing on... Uh, on Shark Week last month about um, about this particular thing. They were doing an experiment using like seawater as a as a constant, human blood, fish blood, and then like urine, trying to see what would attract the most sharks. The only thing that got attracted at all was the fish blood. So see, I'm doing the other ones, they just swam right if past I it. use the ocean as a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the myths is that urine um, and also things like dogs, like the erratic movement dogs swimming are that. But I've seen several that have disproven that. So. All right. I still better not to splash around like prey. I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay, so this is a bonus myth. This is a common myth told to girls. And I'm sure we all heard this when we were growing up. When you get your period, you won't be able to go into the ocean ever again or a shark will eat you. I've never heard that, but I cannot believe really? we told our it. youth that. Oh, no, I heard it. And I've heard it on television shows. I remember when Rudy Huxtable got her period on the Cosby show. That's what her stupid ass friends told her. It's totally a thing people would tell girls. It's insane. 
Maybe it's because you grew up in Utah and you didn't have sharks. Yeah. It was like on Anchorman when they're like, we can't have women in the workplace. Their period attracts bears. <laughs> Same like, kind of you thing. You put us all in danger. I, I have rarely been attacked by a bear in the office. So. <laughs> Only that one time. So. <laughs> but it wasn't the kind of okay, bear uh, that you would normally think of. <laughs> no, it wasn't. So. All right. So myth number three. Sharks have no predators. True or false? Killer whales. There you go. Yay, I got a whale thing right. Okay. This is actually yeah, this is actually wrong. Um actually even dolphins are known to eat small sharks. Um uh, people forget that dolphins are predators too. Like they they're like, "Oh, dolphins yeah. are so cute." I'm like, mm, "They eat fish. They're they're pretty vicious actually." Um, orcas actually attack and feed on, uh, great white sharks. And they're actually the way that they've learned to do it is they, they get them in a pack, you know, shark, great whites are usually solitary, but orcas travel in a pod. So they will flip the shark, put it into like tonic immobility and they will eat its liver and then just swim away. And it just dies. That's insane. Wow. That's, that's crazy. I know. Isn't that weird? But the number one predator of sharks is guess what humans that's right humans humans yay uh, got one right yes <laughs> um it's actually estimated that 100 million sharks are killed every year by humans uh to put that in perspective for what our uh human attack like death rate from sharks is is between five and ten a year worldwide yes a year worldwide Five or ten people killed by sharks, you are actually more likely to be killed by a toaster or a cow uh, and to be hit by lightning twice than you are to get attacked by a shark. Wow. Um, actually, I heard, an, I, uh, right before I came in here, I heard a statistics that if people were killed at the same rate as sharks, every man, woman, and child in the U.S. would be gone in three years and three months. Holy crap. I know. It's a lot. And this has been going on for decades that we do this kind of bullshit so sharks are routinely killed for sport and for the fins remember i mentioned at the beginning that uh, shark allies works to pass legislation banning shark finning because um a lot of the asian countries will do this shark fin soup and it's not this is not all asians hashtag not all asians this is um but it, but it's it's a delicacy that they go out and they catch these sharks alive they cut off their fins and then they throw them back into the ocean alive to drown because without oh. their fins, they can't swim anymore. It's horrifying and it's wasteful. Yeah, it like, is. think about how much waste is happening there and how much like death and decay is just like rotting on the ocean floor with all these corpses laying. It's, it's terrible. It's barbaric yeah. and it's extremely wasteful. So don't cut the fins off a shark. Uh, <clears throat> myth number four. Culling sharks protects people from shark attacks. Um, by culling, you're like like reducing the herd type of thing or reducing yeah, the... Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus, I've never believed that. I don't believe it with deer either. No, it's not true. And there's actually well, no proof deer, that culling sharks will... It protects uh, them from themselves or some shit like that. The deer, I can see, because a lot of them will overpopulate and then they kind of starve to death because they run out of food. Sharks don't run out of food. Like, there's... <laughs> There's food for sharks as long as we keep the oceans healthy. And that's their point is to is to keep the oceans healthy by eating the, you know, diseased and slow fish. So, but yeah, there's there's absolutely no proof that culling sharks in any area reduces attacks. 
it is both ineffective and barbaric. Uh, and then myth number five, sharks aren't important to the health of our planet. Who cares? No, I think that they, anything in the ocean, well, anything has effect on the ecosystem. And so I would say sharks are pretty important. Yeah, they actually say that if predators are available in an environment, then that is the indicator of a healthy environment. Because when an environment goes bad, the predators are the first things to go. And sharks are apex predators, which means they're the top of their food chain. While they do have things that kill them, they are still the top of the food chain. And it's their job to keep the oceans healthy by removing the sick and dying fish. Um, it builds more competition between the remaining species, and it makes a healthier ocean. So this is Darwinism. Yeah, it's like capitalism, folks. <laughs> I don't know about cannibalism, but... Uh, <laughs> cow, no, that too. Same thing. <laughs> okay. So it's basically, it's, you know, it's Darwinism, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, so the strongest survive, and then they breed, you know, more strong things. So a uh, bonus question. Any idea what our ocean actually does to make our health, our uh, planet healthy? Uh, other than taking part in the evaporative process so that we have rain? Yeah, that's a big part of it. So two-thirds of our planet is ocean, or covered in water, basically. Um, sea plants actually produce 70% of the oxygen on our planet. Side note, the Amazon produces the uh, 28%, so only 2% is literally everything else. Um, and it's on and fire. And it's on fire, so maybe we shouldn't let it burn to the ground. Just saying. Uh, the sea provides humans with food, jobs, life, and entertainment. Unhealthy fish populations actually poise our, poison our food supplies. So if the fish are bad, people are bad. That happens. Um, oceans regulate the Earth's climate, uh, which is kind of a problem right now as it is. So it regulates rain and drought, absorbs CO2, and it keeps temperatures in balance. And then, obviously, uh, the ocean is also the source of food for about a billion people on the planet. So... Always important to keep these things healthy if you want to, I don't know, stay alive. Aquaman agrees. <laughs> you saw all that shit that uh, King Orin dumped up on the surface, so clearly we've been poisoned in the place. Anyway, that is what I have on uh, Shark Week this week. You want to tell me about your internet quote? Okay, so it was more of a... I did find it on the internet, mm -hmm. but I can't credit it to anybody because somebody that didn't put their name on it, took a picture of some random person sitting in front of them at the game, at a baseball game, with a quote on the back of their shirt. So, while I applaud the quote, I think it's kind of a privacy issue, so I'm not going to tell you where I found it entirely. Yeah. And I don't know this person, but either way. No worries. Uh, but the quote on the t-shirt was awesome, and I would like to find this t-shirt. But it said... The mayor from Jaws is still the mayor in Jaws, too. So it is important to vote in your local elections. <laughs> God, that is so true. He absolutely is the mayor in Jaws, too. Yep. I don't know who made the T-shirt <laughs> or what the front of the T-shirt says yeah. or what the lady, what team the lady's rooting for at the ball game. <laughs> but that's what I know is that she has a funny shirt. That's absolutely well, true. That is true. Well, I have, a, I have seen that quote passed around from time to time so it definitely is true that voting is important and politics is not as important as public safety so maybe let's you know keep that in mind as we are voting going forward so yeah i mean especially if your mayor is the mayor of amity 
Right. And he said, no, no, let's, let's just keep the, the, the beaches he's, open for the tourism. He's got a record. And when the shark comes back, he's still the mayor. You think they'd be like, mm, Larry, I think you need to sit this one out. You are bad at decision makings when it comes to sharks. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I think that's about all for that. Um, if we have stressed you out by the state of our earth with Shark Week, you can go and you can make a donation to Shark Allies on our Facebook page and help them ban thinning trade in the area. So that will make a big step towards doing good things for the world. Uh, if you're also stressed out, you can go check out our friends at frankieandmer.com and look at their delicious line of essential oils, including Spray the Bitch Away, which is one of our personal favorites. They have all sorts of amazing products. And you can actually use our code NERDYBITCHES and get 15% off of your entire order from them. So make that happen. Yes, and every product is completely shark ingredient free. They are shark free. They are shark friendly. Uh, yeah, they're sharktastic. So definitely go and uh, and check out Frankie and Murr because they're awesome. And we love being partners with them. So so next week for week two of Shark Week, we, or Shark Month, excuse me, we are going to be covering Deep Blue Sea. So you can go out and find that one wherever your sharkiest shark movies are and watch it. And then we will talk with you guys about it next time. All right. Music provided by www.bensound.com and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. Like maybe somebody had like too much Percocet in them and he's like, ooh, this isn't good. <laughs>